Got car trouble. Now's the time to talk with Jerry on the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show. Call in now at 719-1490. Well, if you're one of the millions who own one of them gas-drinking, piston clanking, air-polluting, smoke-belching, four-wheeled buggies from Detroit City, then pay attention. I'm about to sing your songs, huh? Good morning, Southern Arizona. Happy New Year. Yay, 2022. Uh, good to wake up this morning. Gives me another chance to screw the day up. <laughs> I'm Jerry Simmons, your host with the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show. Along with me, I hope, as you wake, is Mr. Jim Mooney, super safe Saturday guru. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Jerry. Happy New Year. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for listening. Glad you're with us today. Hey, I I, I started listening about mm, 11 o'clock last night. I was wow. actually woken up by the amount of noise on the outside. That's the first time they've been able to wake me up in probably 10 years. But I'm telling you something. Somebody expended a lot of uh, <clears throat> fireworks. <laughs> well, you it, it's rainy that. and wet. It's <laughs> rainy and wet, and the and the likelihood of fire is pretty dang low. Although I don't want to be out there in the rain shooting off fireworks. It's, no, but, me, me either. You know, I've got a, uh, another half inch last night. Got a uh, half inch uh, night before last or yesterday. And uh, it's been it's been interesting. It's been interesting. It's you know we needed to water though you know so it's going to be nice. But boy, I'll tell you one thing. My heart, my my hopes and prayers go out to people in Colorado with that fire. Oh my gosh, what a mess! They're saying this morning on the news over a thousand buildings, and I'm going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. You know, about the time you think <clears throat> I didn't get the I didn't get the right present for Christmas, or the shoe didn't fit, or the pants didn't fit, and then you hear something like this on the news, and you just want to. When I first seen it on the news, I actually thought it was a recap of the California fires over the past 2021. No, it was real, and I'm going, holy, that is nasty. Just nasty. So my hopes and prayers are with the people out in Colorado. Oh my gosh, I I just can't imagine that. It just it is horrific, and uh, they still got a lot of cleanup to do. So it's going to be a little little process out there. And for the rest of the people around the country, I've seen the weather forecast this morning around the country. Uh, I'll take the whatever degree it is outside in Tucson, Arizona. Because some of those others, those minus sixes, minus sevens, minus two, anything got a minus in front of it for temperature has got to be not good. 
not oh, good at all. It's correct. A, not good at all. Not good at all. Well, Jim, I'm glad you joined me this morning because I sure do. I, I want to find out what happened on the during the holiday season that uh, you seen out on the road because I know you're a workaholic and you work all the time. Uh, what what you see out there over the holiday season? Well, the normal or yeah, standard stuff for for a holiday season, not too bad. The rain slows up people quite a bit, so it 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 really it really shrinks uh, uh, people's travel. Like yesterday was was a pretty quiet day. Not not even though traditionally the twenty four the thirty first of January is kind of like a holiday for everybody but the normal people we all still go out and work um the government gets it off but there's a lot more activity than like on the christmas eve christmas day was was real quiet there was you know not a lot of activity not a lot of police activity people were doing what they're supposed to do which was stay home be with your family enjoy your christmas don't get in your car and go traveling around just because you think it is and today's the same day everybody Everybody yeah. enjoyed last night. Stay home, relax, rest, use your hangover cure, whatever that is today. I mean, if it's mm-hmm. if it's if it's if it's uh, something that requires sleep mm-hmm. or coffee or or whatever concoctions, yeah, do that. Just relax today. It's okay. Everything's gonna be. We're starting um, here. This is super safe Saturday, like Jerry said. Yeah, we got. We're gonna try, Jerry. We're trying. Not yeah. the very first day of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll tell you something about these uh, hangovers. You know, I, I don't know how old I was. I was uh, not quite as old as I am now, but I was older uh, when I actually realized that uh, you get blasted on New Year's because people, for some reason, that don't drink any during the year thinks that New Year's is a time to let it go. So they get warped. And then they think, okay, I can sleep it off. I get up in the morning. Uh, driving impaired. <laughs> uh, that alcohol in your system does not leave your system that fast. So you might want to just uh, take a Mr. Uh, Jim Mooney from Frontier Towing's uh, advice on this one and kind of cool it today because you still have enough in you to probably blow a little over the limit. So if, I would stay were, home. If you were drinking at two o'clock, um, yeah, you're still you're still probably impaired. If you were yeah. if you were consuming so, alcohol at two o'clock, that's that's only that's only four hours, and you need my, the rule of thumb is for us um, is ten. So you, you got ten is the number. You usually need ten to clear the system. Ten to now, clear the system. Ten, yeah, usually ten. That's what the what? police tell us now. That being said, if you're a heavy drinker, your your alcohol level, your blood alcohol level, or the BAC can be high continually. Um, so, you know, if you drink all the time, you might be a, a functioning alcoholic and not know it. Not, or, you know, not necessarily an alcoholic, but your blood alcohol could be above the limit and you just don't know it. I've seen that happen yeah. on, on many occasions. Um but yeah, for the well, most part, if, if you're if you're the if you're like the rest of us that you know want to just wreak havoc, or so our one our one get get out of jail free pass. Well, let's not go to jail today. Let's just stay home, stay home, <laughs> and 
stay in bed, get up at 4 p.m., have some dinner, go back to bed, get up tomorrow. There you go. Then, then, then you're you're pretty you're pretty cool. Now you got kids, you know. Their odds are they're going to be up running around, so you know you're going to have to deal with it. But you know, there's lots of things you can do at yeah. home just to kick back and relax. You're working from home anyway. You're already at home working. Yeah. It's not like you're going anywhere to begin with. So that's right. That's right. Well, all I know, there were sure a lot of people at home last night at midnight because. I like I said I have I have horses and mules out here at my place, and uh, I I know the difference between a uh, fireworks <laughs> and fireworks. There is a difference between the two, and I had a little bit of both last night and concerned. So I, I I got up, turned the lights on, stuff. In fact, I left the lights on down at the barn so I could see my animals, and um, I. Sneaked out on the back porch for about 10 seconds because it was too cold and the wind was blowing. I'm going, wow. And, um, but I hope, hopefully everybody got through it okay with no accidents and stuff like that. You, you mentioned when I talked to you earlier, uh, in the week, uh, that Christmas was pretty, pretty uh, normal, maybe a little bit lower down in volume for you because of people, I think. I hope people just slowed down in the rain, uh, you know, driving around in it yesterday. I noticed that people were not driving near as fast. They were actually driving the speed limit, and uh, that was a plus. But people still have a tendency to tailgate, and when you're tailgating, uh, you don't have – I mean, if you think about it, is does Jim driving in front of you or Jerry driving in front of you, is his equipment up to date? Is his brakes good? Is his tires almost new or uh, will they shed water well? I mean, what's a stopping distance? You need to add a little bit of distance between you when you're driving on these wet roads. And for the ones that's driving the diesels that I found out yesterday, um, when when you go to a wet road and you've got some of the mud and stuff that slipped over the edge of the wet road, be careful with that extra torque and horsepower that you have in these vehicles because it just you don't realize how much torque is there until you go through some mud, <laughs> and then it, it kind of shakes you a little bit and you go wow, and so be careful out there driving through this rain and stuff and. The potholes, you know, I was driving down uh, Speedway, East Speedway, and then I went on to Wrightstown and went around, you know, anyway, it was on Wrightstown also. And it reminded me, I, I kept seeing these black spots, and then all of a sudden you go across these wash and everything was nice and wet and a little water running on top of it, and then it would have a pothole in the middle of it. And I, I started, actually, I started laughing because it reminds me of driving on a checkerboard road where you have different colors. You have black colors. You have the uh, lighter color, which is asphalt. But it 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 reminds me of driving on a checkerboard. I mean, that's how many potholes that the city has been trying to fill. And bless their heart, they've done a better job than what they used to do. Somebody's out on it really heavy. But... 
Water does not compress people. When you start, you got a crack in a road, you've got a little bitty pothole start out, and it fills up with water, and you hit it with 8,000 pounds of vehicle. Water does not compress. It explodes. <laughs> so you go through that pothole, you just make the pothole bigger. And if you don't know there's a pothole under the running water and you hit it, guess what? You just made the pothole bigger. But it's just something that you see. Uh, try not to hit them too fast, too hard, because it will knock your front end out of alignment. Then you'll be going into Parker, Automotive, or Simmons to get your front end put back together or realigned. So or don't bend the don't, rim. Don't. Yeah, bend a rim, pop a tire. I mean, it's a lot of things can go bad on you out there. So just heads up. And lights, please fix your lights. Please fix your lights. I'm a I'm a fanatic on watching people with their lights. And I watch mine all the time. And fix your fix your lights on your car because when you're driving in foul weather, you need everything you've got working correctly, including your brain, to stay out of trouble and to stay off the hook of Jim at Frontier Towing's uh truck. <laughs> um yes, so it's it's just just a little bit of uh information that hopefully it you'll 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 figure it out, okay? Uh, so the accidents were normal, right, Jim? You pretty didn't have pretty any, low, light on, Chris, on Christmas. It was pretty light. Pretty light on, on Christmas. Not too, I mean, there was a few. There was a few. You know, we had uh, there was a, a few on Christmas Eve. That you know, that's uh-huh. you know, we're through the holiday now. But you know, it's you know, no accident is 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 ever good. But those ones, right? Right the day before Christmas, you know, that's a really, really rough time. That's a, that's a, that tips your whole world upside down, even more so than any other day. Because you're trying to, you know, you were planning on spending time with somebody and now it's, it's, it's totally, it's all, now you're all befuddled. You don't know what to do at all. And, right. Compounded right. by, by people that are, you know, family that's in town or, you know, it's, it's it's a horrible horrible time for accidents, but and any time's a horrible time for accidents. Don't get me wrong. I mean, no, I never want to see people in accidents. Well, we Christmas is a constant reminder if you have an accident or lose a loved one during Christmas holiday. Every time Christmas comes around from now forever, you're going to remember forever. that. That's my that's a mind sticker, and uh, it's just sad. You're absolutely it's right, you're Jerry. That is that is absolutely right. Every time you're going to come around, and it's the ne- the next year going to be it's like it ruins christmas forever for you or, or any day but i mean you're absolutely right when it comes to yeah. christmas time that that is you know that's the it, it dampens the whole time you're like oh well you know this is the day and you know you just try and get through it to get to the next day and well the when you start is, looking at your di- when you start looking at your dinner table and you got an extra chair there and nobody in it uh yeah right. it hits kind of hard and it's it's what? bad enough during the reg, during the year, but you put it on a holiday for a constant reminder, and uh, no, it, that doesn't work. So just you know, God bless well, you. You made it through on and uh, the holiday season without getting banged up or anything like that. Uh, but you still need to get your headlights fixed, <laughs> and you need your to get fixed. your turn signals fixed, and just check them. I'm telling you, you do not have to be a technician to check your brake lights or any of that. We went over this, and it is a safety factor 
that you can control. You can control your driving habits. You can control the maintenance of your vehicles. Now, I have 15 cars with over a million miles on them that we're going to cover here sometime between this hour and the next hour. And I've got them by name and numbers, and it's phenomenal. But it took me a while to put that son of a gun together because I had to do a little bit of research. But uh, anytime you can get a vehicle to drive um, three million miles, you you've got a maintenance plan on it that is almost bulletproof. But I'll bring that up to you later. This portion of the show is brought to you by Spectrum Ina Road Auto Collision, 744-4454. The address is 4425 West Ina Road. Uh, they do everything. If you have a car and it has a body on it, they can probably fix it, paint it, straighten the dents out, clean the headlights, um, anything that you need to do to that. They have a paintless dent removal. They can go in and, uh, you know, something where it's popped in. Like a lot of the plastic, people don't understand that plastic stuff, even on some of the bumpers and the corners and stuff, you can just pull it out if you know what you're doing. And you don't have to go in and, you know, spend thousands of dollars to have it repaired. Update on my F-150. My F-150 was has been in a body shop, and it's not Spectrum, but it's been in a body shop for three weeks, four, three Three and a half weeks now. And the funny part about it, it's not a mechanical issue. It runs fine. It's all cosmetic on the outside. They scheduled this thing in and didn't touch it for two weeks because we called in and says, hey, where's this thing at? I got people in out of town, and uh, we're scrambling to see who's going to drive what. And, um, you know, it's uh, the car rentals is kind of hard to get a hold of during the holiday season. And, um, but I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still at a loss on why you would take somebody's vehicle and not work on it. I mean, it's on the schedule. You called it in, you got it, and we called two weeks later and you haven't even touched it. And I've done went through, scrambled with everything that I own for people to drive. And I'm going, hmm, I don't, I don't think they were quite thinking about customer customer care for lack of a better word it's not first time i've used this shop they do excellent work i'll give them that you know but my wife wanted to take it over so we took it over there to it and this is what i got and i'm still irritated with it so for the garage owners out there i don't think parker does it i know simmons don't i mean if we have a part that we can't get a hold of and it's going to be two or three days we'll just hand you the keys and say we're going to order the part. When the part gets in, we will call you. We'll have the part on hand, and we're going to verify it is the right part, and then we'll call you back in. That way you don't lose some use of your vehicle. And that's for the ones. And now, if you blow a motor, we're at the mercy of transportation, shipping, blah, 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 all that stuff. But we're going to try to keep you on the road. We're going to try to keep you just like I'd want to be treated if I drove into Simmons or Parker or Automotive Specialist. I want my darn vehicle. I didn't bring it in here. They've already said that taking a car to a repair shop is like going to the dentist and get a root canal. Well, I've taken my vehicle in, and I've been to the dentist get a root canal. The taking the vehicle in may hurt your pocketbook, but it won't hurt your jaw. <laughs> so, 
unless you get into a fight at the that's job. A little... Yeah, well, you know, it could be, but I haven't, I haven't been in one of those since I was in Southeast Asia. So I, I guess we'll, I'll, I'll continue. Besides, I'm too old. Too old. I don't do that stuff anymore. You know, that's a unique thing. 2022, New Year's resolution. Don't worry about all this stuff that you're hearing. Don't, don't get too excited about it. My dad told me one time years ago, he says, Jerry, I've had three boys in a war zone at the same time. I was in World War II on a search and rescue ship out in the middle of the ocean. He said, I have seen presidents come and go. I have seen the stock market go up and down like a yo-yo. I've got my kids back safe, which is more than a lot of people can say. And he said, so don't worry about the stuff that you can't change. You know, just adapt. Uh, if, you know, if it's political that you're worried about, go to the polls and vote. And all you can do is what you can do. And the rest of it is up to the good Lord to quit worrying about it. Good point. That's it. Good point. That's, that's a good point. So good we point. just... We just rock and roll right on through. All right. Now, let's have some fun. Let's have some fun with some million-mile cars. Million-mile-plus cars, cars, I should say. But I want to cover the recall on the 2021 F-150. The drive shaft may fracture, and the wheels will quit rolling. Believe it or not, that's how it was put out. No kidding. <laughs> Drive shaft hooks the front end to the rear end, but it is a, a about a mounting issue on them. Uh, it uh, affects ten percent of the trucks that were made January the tenth to November the November twenty one. January twenty one oh. to November twenty one. So all be three affected. pickup trucks. All three pickup trucks that no. they made. Well, it says F one fifty. Yeah, but they only made three of them so, because they're not out there for sale. And it hasn't been any for quite a while. So they must have only made about three or four of them out there. <laughs> Good point, Jim. Good point. And if you want to find out if your 2021 F-150 made from January the 10th to November the 21st, call 866. Write this number down and save you aggravation. 866 866- Four three six seven three three two eight six six four three six seven three three two, and you can find out if your vehicle is covered. And yes, they will fix it. I don't know how they're going to fix it. I don't know why there's only ten percent. They use the same mounting on these vehicles. So, I suggest if you have a two thousand and twenty one F one fifty that was made. In January, and regardless of the rest of the year, if you have that truck, call this number and see if your drive shaft is affected because there's more to happen when a drive shaft rips out of the bottom of a truck. It can fall down to the ground. It can catapult you. It can twist up in the back end, around the frame, around the brake lines, um, mufflers, catalytic converter, all that stuff. It can it can go crazy under there. So it's and if you're driving down a freeway and somebody starts to lose a uh, drive shaft and you can see it hanging down on the bottom, 
and it starts sparking and flipping around and stuff like that, I highly recommend you turn on your emergency blinkers and give that guy a lot of room because that is a that is what's happening is it's coming out. And it's just not a pretty sight. I've seen one come out of an 18-wheeler. scared me to death. That was the jack shaft, the little short shaft up front. And it it come across, it was white hot. It come across the road in front of me on Interstate 10 headed east. That little son of a gun was about maybe four foot long, and it was white hot. It went across the road. It got out into the side of the road on the desert, and it started. It was just like it had a blowtorch on the side of the road. It was still rolling and burning at the same time, burning weeds and stuff like that. So just be aware when you're driving. Just because the drive shaft's under a vehicle and you can't see it normally out of sight, out of mind, don't mean that it can't come out. And they even they even said, and you'll hear a clicking, a squeak, a clicking, and a clunk. They just described a U-joint. That's what U-joints do just before they come out. And the squeak is letting you know that there's an issue. The clunk is letting you know that it's serious. And, uh, I mean... And the bang will it, let you know it's it, on the ground. The bang lets you know that you're in trouble. I mean, it just come out. And you will... RPMs will climb on the engine because you don't have anything to pull, no torque displacement or anything like that. So um, well, have no, your drive shafts. When, when that one bang occurs, there's a lot more bangs that go on because it's gonna it's gonna fly around there like a like a tornado. And and if you even think you see somebody with a with a drive shaft issue, yeah, put on your flashers, exit the road, get on your brakes because when that thing comes flying out of there. It's not like a rock hitting your windshield. It will wipe you out. It will take the front end off of your car. It'll if you drive over one, it's gonna it's gonna take your oil pan out. It's gonna take transmission pan out. It's gonna wreck the undercarriage because most cars can't handle driving over even a small drive shaft. That does a lot right. of damage. If it comes it, in it, the windshield, it's coming through the car. Yeah, it has it's, no specific direction when they come out of there. You know, I was tickled to death that that one come out of the eighteen wheeler that come by me. Uh, that drive shaft come out between the wheels, never touched his wheels, just shot it out the side like a bullet, and it slid across the road. And it was far enough in front of me by then because as soon as I seen it white hot when he come by me, I got off the accelerator and uh, got on the brakes. And but it went straight across the road, just like a rocket. And it hit the desert and started burning stuff and kept rolling and burning stuff. I'm going, wow, that's the first one I've ever seen like that. <clears throat> and it was white hot. It wasn't red. It was white hot. And Oh, my gosh. But anyway, that's enough on drive shafts, so you just be aware of what we're trying to say is just be aware when you're out there and you're driving. You know, if not, you'll probably see Frontier Towing coming and picking you up because something come through your windshield or hit the side of your car or got under the suspension on some of these low-slung cars. That's all, That's worse than hitting one of these alligators, as we call them, the recaps that come off of these trucks, the tires, the big ones laying on the freeways. You know, and that thing wrapped in steel, a steel belt, 
can do a bunch of damage also to your vehicle. Now, we've said before on these uh, little cars, the suspension components on them are not big and bulletproof like a NASCAR. Uh, you know, they don't really take a beating and keep on ticking. They'll, keep, they'll take a hit and bend, and then you'll have all sorts of issues going. So just heads up. Uh, but let me give you that number on that F-150 again, 866-436-7332, 866-436-7332. If you drive a 2021 Ford F-150, I would call and make sure that you're not covered because I don't think that they changed the composition from, I mean, you got a, almost a year's worth of F-150s out there. So just you get it checked out. Better be safe than sorry. And hopefully it'll work out all right. Now, we were talking about, I've got a nice article that was sent to me uh, by Larry and Diane. And it was on airplanes, electric airplanes. Holy cow. You know, I'm dealing cars. You know, I, I, I primarily follow what's going on with electric in cars and, you know, the battery technology as much as I possibly can. And I had a eye-opening, oh, my gosh, I am not going to get an electric plane forever because the battery technology is really not there, according to this article. And... I just, it is amazing. When you go into battery technology in an airplane, this is some of the little things that we need to kind of pay attention to. It's uh, on a battery, they lose the power. It's just like Jim said one time. When you take a, a battery operated drill and you run it wide open, it takes more energy out of that battery than it does when you just bump it every now and then and just tr use it a little bit or, or third trigger or something like that. It's not that bad. But you have to figure that this battery technology is evolving on a minute-by-minute -minute basis now because there's so many things being pushed and there's so many people scrambling to try to get on board with it. And batteries do pull down. And uh, one of the things that uh, this little article alluded to was the aircraft. And I want to hit just a couple of little articles. Uh, I can't read the whole article. It takes way too long. According to Forbes' article from March of this year, which is 2021, not 22, uh, batteries, the batteries in Tesla Automotive lose at least 30% of their range once the temperature nears zero. Okay, now this morning I've seen a whole bunch of those minus numbers <laughs> on weather back in the Midwest. I mean, more all across the Midwest. They lose 30% of their range once the temperature uh, nears zero degrees Fahrenheit. 80 minutes of flight time immediately goes down to 56 minutes of flight time, assuming you don't attempt to heat the cabin because the cabin is also heated by the same battery that's running the plane. I'm going, okay, this don't work for me. Inside each one, ions are traveling between positive and negative electrodes. 
through a liquid electrolyte. As it gets colder, the liquid becomes thicker and resistance goes up, so the ions move more slowly. The more the resistance goes up, the faster you lose power. This is not good in an airplane. To deal with this, you have to keep the battery warm somehow, but to get the heat for that purpose, you need to use power from the battery itself. It's not just coal. A study of five electric vehicles by the American Automotive Association, Automobile Association, found that high temperatures also cut into battery range. They tested the BMW i3, Chevy Bolt, and Nissan Leaf for the 2018 model year and 2017 Tesla Model S 75D and Volkswagen e-Golf all have a range of at least 100 miles per charge. They were tested on a dynamometer, uh, which we call the dyno, which is like a treadmill in a climate control cell. The cars were tested at 20 degrees and at 95 degrees. Comparing the range to earlier testing, which was done at 75 degrees, all in Fahrenheit. A 20 degrees, at 20 degrees, the average driving range fell by 12% when the car's cabin heater was not used. When the heater was turned on, the range dropped to 41%. At 95 degree, range dropped 4% without the use of an air conditioning and fell by 17% when the cabin was cooled. The AAA testers determined that the Tesla range, when fully charged at 75 degrees, was 239 miles, but fell by 91 miles, or 38%, at 20 degrees. This is amazing. Energy density, skipping over, energy density is the battery's and the batteries is quickly reached in theoretical limits, which means the more storage will only come in bigger and heavier packages. Bigger and heavier work works fine for cars to a point, but does not nothing to improve time aloft, which is flying. And this was done in a 172 Cessna. So how long will it take before we have a workable storage solution for batteries, you know, to get the, everything up so it lasts longer so, as far as up in the air? I mean, one that won't irradiate the pilot and passengers. Will it be more than five years? Probably. More than 10 years? Maybe. Never possible. The shame here is that people writing the press releases make promises about capacities and deliver dates known know that they're, mm, what's a polite word for lying? I thought this was a fabulous little article, and it come out, and it was sent in by Larry and Diane for me to pass on to this to you. Now, on the... Exaggeration. Uh, huh? Yeah. It's called it's, exaggerating. It's incredible. Yeah, just stretching the truth just a little bit. 
But they've been stretching this truce for quite a while, according to this article. I won't go into that, but, you know, we're at probably 10-plus years. They've been – there's a lot of research do, doing on that, and a lot of uh, cars have been tested. Uh, there's a lot of little hang-ups that they haven't quite worked the bugs out of it yet. Now, you said something about there's a bid out for the city for electric buses. Is that what I heard? Oh, no. Well, the the city has a – the city has electric buses right now. It's part of their their new um, greenhouse um, emissions reduction program. Uh, they currently right. have a, a bid on, online for electric vehicle chargers. Um, so the city's okay. planning planning on putting out fifty six chargers. I think fifty six chargers in fifteen locations because uh-huh. the city. The city has a roadmap. The city mayor's office has a roadmap. It's like a 16-page dossier of, of what the city fleet and city um, uh, operations should be like over the next 10 years, by the year 2030. So mm-hmm. basically what this, this roadmap says is that just starting now, so not even 10 years. We're, ta- we're in 2022. Yay, today's 2022. Right. Um, so by 2030, that's eight years. So, but in eight years, the city, the city mayor, or the city council, or the people that run the city, mm-hmm. have determined that they want to go green and uh, and eliminate their their uh, change all the vehicles to electric vehicles, zero emission vehicles. So, part of the part of the starting process is to develop the infrastructure by putting out chargers. Now, right. if you go read their their roadmap, it's kind of interesting. Um, they have uh, um, uh, the cost of the infrastructure is high. Now, it, they they list their their budget cost and their potential impact, high, medium, and low. Doesn't I don't know what high, medium, and low means in budget terms. Uh-huh. I've I've never seen those terms on an accounting schedule. If I go to my accountant and uh-huh. say, "Well, it's high," you know, he just looks at me and goes, "Well, that doesn't really work for me or the IRS." So you need to actually put a right. number in there. So I don't know what high, high, medium, yeah. low means. But so the infrastructure cost of putting in in um, uh, charging systems is going to be high. Uh, and they're going to change. They want to change in the next eight years the vehicles to electric vehicles, the city vehicles. Yeah. I tow. I tow the city of Tucson vehicles. I've towed the city of Tucson vehicles for 28 years consecutively. I know every car that they have. I know every truck they have. I know every piece of equipment they have. They have about 3,500 pieces of equipment in their inventory. Wow. They're running. Yeah, they're running police Ford Crown Victorious from 2008. That's part of their fleet. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm I'm saying they do a great job at maintaining their vehicle. Just like the cars that go uh-huh. a million miles, Jerry. The um, they but Crown Vic from 2008 is what, fifteen years, almost fourteen mm-hmm. years ago. So how? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, so we're they, getting rid of yeah. <laughs> so I mean, they, they I mean they you know they had a plan you know they replaced vehicles like most most fleets you know age and mileage. 
You know, if the car right. if the car sits a long time and doesn't get a lot of miles, they keep it in their in their fleet. If they get the cars, mm-hmm. um, if the cars get a lot of miles, they get rid of them because they wear out, and you know, and it costs more to maintain. Right. So let's eradicate them. Um, it wasn't this year, but I think it was like 2020. I was I was talking with the fleet guys, and I was asking them how much does it cost for a for a police car. You know, they don't buy Crown Vicks anymore because Crown Vicks are no longer made. Uh, they buy right. Cobos and, and Explorers and um, mm-hmm. Expeditions. Um, the Tahoes, a gas, a gasoline-powered Tahoe was $80,000 plus the police equipment. So you don't just get, you know, now this was a year, year and a half ago. You don't just go buy one. The police vehicles are specially equipped. They have higher speed suspensions, better motors, better, you know, all kinds of extreme duty service equipment on them. Well, because they're they're police vehicles. They spend a lot of time running. Right. They need to have great reliability. Um, You know what? You know, you got to, you got to, all these things that that police need. And fire's the same way. Fire trucks that city has bought in the last two years has bought new ladder trucks. So the ladder trucks are are these gargantuan, eighty thousand pound trucks with with ladders that go up I don't know four stories or something. They're like one point six million dollars each. Wow. I I'm the, I, I don't I mean in in ten years are they going to get rid of those? I mean yeah they got like five of them. So the the the, the, the again the the like in their little roadmap. Um, I shouldn't say little. It's, it's very extensive. The roadmap says that you know the cost to replace the vehicles is high when buying new vehicles. Um, the garbage trucks they replace about every three years. They they turn their trucks about because they because they garbage trucks run to death. Um, yeah. So anyway, oh, yeah. so they're going to set these charging stations out um, throughout the city and. Um, city fleet vehicles are going to go and plug into them to charge up. Um, uh, part of their roadmap is to hire. They're going to have a, a. They have a website. They're going to hire an electric. They either are going to hire or form an electric vehicle management team. Cost of that is high. I don't know what these numbers are, but high is, is put in there. There's a, a lot of little extraneous things. I did see one thing that was kind of interesting. They're going to incentivize and encourage city employees to stop driving their gas-powered vehicles and buy electric vehicles. Cost high. I don't know if that means they're going to go with you to Jim Cook Ford, Riley Chevrolet, Watson Chevrolet, you know, thoroughbred Nissan, Precision Toyota, Desert Toyota, and say, hi, here's the new vehicle. You get to pick one of these? Uh, you know, well. are they going to mandate that you drive an electric vehicle? Are they going to say, here's Here's okay. We're going to give you seventy-eight hundred dollars for the electric vehicle, and we're going to match that with another seventy-eight hundred dollars. I don't know, but the cost was high. The potential, the mm-hmm. effectiveness was high, but the but the cost was high. So mm-hmm. if I don't know where all the, where that's coming. A lot of it's coming from federal money. So the 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 federal money that they get with the with their grant money from the the new um, what is it the infra, infrastructure program. They're they're planning on a lot of money coming from there. Although remember, there's like three hundred and 
what is there, like 330, 340 cities around the country that are going to be vying for that same cash, who probably have more right. or less vehicles. I don't know. So right. I don't, I don't know, I don't know. And, and you know, if, if in in three more years, if the winds change, will that will that plan still exist, or will somebody go, hey, you know what, I'm done with that program, and write that off? And now we're stuck with uh, buying new cop cars. So um, I guess the trick also would be for the potential criminal out there. If if the police do convert to electric cars, um, you just need to make sure you can outrun their charge. So make sure you have a gas car with a big gas tank and it's full of gas. Because eventually that electric car is going to run out and they're not going to be able to fill you up. So if you, you want to outrun them, <laughs> you got to make sure that you got to make sure you mean. have more gas than they do. Well, the only thing is, is the electric cars are so quick. And if you put a big electric motor in a police car, that is going to be one screamer. Like you said, maybe short time. It's kind of like running that drill wide open versus just bumping it to get the screw put in the board. But um, that, you know, the electric car is quicker than the police cars that they'll have now. I guarantee that. That Mustang, that E-Mustang, Mustang 1, 2, or whatever they're calling it now, that thing is unreal as far as speed in that Mustang. And any, look at your Teslas, look at your little cars, I mean, that are that are uh, electric. Those things are, if they want to get away from a stop sign before you, they'll do it and there ain't nothing you're going to do about it. <laughs> you're correct. <laughs> Unless you you're got absolutely a right. car with all the suspension up. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's kind of fun to watch what's going to happen. Uh, even though, uh, it takes money to get this thing and the only place you can get money is from the taxpayers. Uh, the incentive, if, uh, I give Jim 75 or if Jim gets $7,500 by electric car, that's coming out of taxpayer pocket. Yep. Federal government does not have money unless they get it from a taxpayer. So everybody needs to get over that. Um, but I, I just, it, it's amazing. And you mentioned something about certain uh, areas of Tucson where they're trying to go in and do that, and you read it off of their website. Is this, yeah, this correct? Is a public document. This is directly from their public yeah. document. Yeah. This is right off the. This is yeah. right off the mayor's worksheet. This is not. This and, is not some article written by the by the news by you know by abc or cbs yeah. or times this is this is the plan from the city mayor's office this is not this mm-hmm. is something they generated so yeah so the, wow. what i was reading is directly from them um yeah and uh so they're, they're, they're and they plan on doing other things too like um you know so when you buy a house you know they're and we we knew this but when you buy a house it's going to come with electric charging station set up um, they're going to start when they build, when they redo roads. They're going to put down. They're going to lay down infrastructure to allow future installation of, of vehicle chargers. So, like in a big mall, so they're going to do Broadway, right? They put uh, infrastructure all the way down so it goes to the mall or goes to Home Depot, so that you can. And it's all done, and which is that is smart to have it done. You know, while while we're doing reconstruct, lay it down there so that you can tap into it versus having to dig it up and put it back in later because that's highly expensive. Um, incentivizing people, uh, the employees. I'm not sure how that's going to play out. I don't know how that's going to work. I mean, you know, the electric cop car might be a might be better if the guy sits a lot of time idling. 
you know, he's not burning gas. He's just running the air conditioner off the batteries. But like you said, with the airplane, you know, if you're running the heater or the air conditioner, how long does it last? You know, how how does your efficiency drop to? You know, you're you're, right. you're sitting there for you're doing your paperwork. You know, you're sitting there um, looking at your at your call logs. You know, writing up your reports, and then all of a sudden, hey, I gotta go, mm-hmm. and oh, I can't. I've only got two bars on my gas gauge. You know, because it's like a cell phone now. I got two bars on there. I can't go far, very far. I got three percent left. So let me call somebody else. I'm or I'm I'm charging right now. I can't go. You know, so I mean, I, I don't know how that's going to work out. I mean, I'm sure it'll all work out in the end. You know, they'll they'll adjust accordingly. Maybe they'll have swap out vehicles. You know, I I plugged in. I pu- I pulled up to the plug-in terminal. Right. I jumped in another car and I took off. But I need twice as many cars because that one's always ready. Right. You know, I mean, well, I can see that happening. Yeah. And I got a backup car. You know, I, I rolled up my, I, I ran my car through the day. It's it's charged. I, or I went back to the station. I dropped it off. I swapped vehicles. I got into another vehicle and took off. I mean, I can see that happening. Just means you got to have twice as many cars. But, I mean, it's yeah solution. You know. Well, I don't, yeah. I don't know. It just it rings dollars, 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 dollars. And, lots um, and lots you know, of it, it, you know, with the new technology coming out and the, uh, cop cars, or fire trucks, uh, the buses. The buses too. Now, the yeah. buses, electric buses, if a, if, if a F-150 all electric costs almost a hundred thousand dollars, what does a bus, electric bus cost? Oh, well, good question. That's a great question. I actually talked to the representative from Gillig. Um, the city uses Gillig buses and has used Gillig buses for the last almost 20 years because they're about the only manufacturer. Mm-hmm. A, C- a CNG bus costs about currently costs about four hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a natural gas powered bus. So, um, That's so because because I we towed the SunTran buses um, uh, right. when they break down and they have failures. With you know all kinds of mm-hmm. things, coolant leaks, oil leaks, uh, um, flat tires, things like that. Um, crash, yeah. they get crash. People crash into them too. Um, but yeah, so uh, the the representative from Gillick Bus Manufacturing was at their site, and so I was able to spend some time with him, wanting to know what's the procedure for towing an electric bus, because um, you right. know, hey, this is this is different. What do we do? Um, and so he was telling me that the electric bus, now, mind you, Gillig makes um, about, what did he tell me? I think it was like 50 different versions of their of their electric bus. Most of them are cosmetic. You can get, like, Wi-Fi, and you can get, like, 80, 83 uh, big-screen TVs in the thing. Literally, he you can have all this advertising stuff going on. But the buses that the city runs are pretty... Bare bones. They're they're you know they're nice. Um, they don't they come with the wheelchair amenities and that's about it. They don't they don't really spend a lot of extra cash on on stuff that probably doesn't yield. A, I mean, other than you're just driving down the road, doesn't yield anything for you. But electric bus costs about eight hundred grand. Whew. That that was eight hundred thousand dollars. I'm sorry, I didn't hear. I heard the jaw drop there, but uh, yeah. Um, oh. They have a, the electric bus has a 12, 12, 
12 battery packs in them that weigh about uh, 2,000 pounds each. Um, and they, uh, they currently are running them. Uh, they've been running them since November. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they seem to work okay. They, they, you know, the, the, the problem with electric isn't, isn't anything that's bad electrically, like Jerry says. These things will zip along. They, they do great. Mm-hmm. The problem with electric mm-hmm. is, is like always, you have to, you have to be very careful about your time travel so to speak. You have to drive a certain route and a certain distance and then stop. That's it. That's right. it. That's all. I mean, as, as long as you can plan that out very well and not deviate, it's great. Mm-hmm. It works fantastic. You know, so if, if the route is specifically set and you can make it back to the bus barn, you'll never, you, your issues will be very, very low. Other than that, I mean, other than, you know, getting into a crash, but, you know, I mean, um, right. Or running, right. Or hitting a pothole well, and get a flat tire. Yeah. The amount of batteries that you said, as far as the weight and stuff, that that backs exactly right into the article that uh, Larry and Diana sent me, as far as the extra weight in order to operate these planes up there. But I'll say again, until until I do a lot more research, I'm not going to get my butt in a uh, plane, not with electric. <laughs> Not for a while, you know, like about well, 20 years, and then I won't have to worry about it. Um, you know, they'll, they'll probably just, be drones. What about I can see electric drones, right. an unmanned plane. I can see that, but again, you know, better be very careful about where to go with it. Exactly. Exactly. I don't have a problem with that. You know, I don't have and a problem have with a, it. There's nobody in it. And, and they better have a good glide path because when it does run out of power, it needs to be able to glide to to a, to a landing spot. Yeah, I was I was always uh, kind of amazed at. All right, I know you can drop a tank out of an aircraft with parachutes, a jeep, and stuff like that. And why can't they put parachutes on top of these drones? And you know, if you're going to fly an electric plane. Maybe you want a parachute on it, but when you hit the ground at 125 miles an hour or 100 miles an hour, I mean, a free fall from certain distance, I think a, a human, when they dive out of a plane or something, any of you parachuters out there that jump out of a perfectly good plane can shed some light on this. 719-1490 is call number here. 719-1490. But they get up to, to, what, 200 mile an hour, depending on your weight and stuff, everything. And then they hit the big parachute and everything tries to jerk you apart. And uh, <laughs> I'm going, holy cow. But this is something, and it's getting a little far-fetched. I realize that we're saying, well, you know, and we have a tendency in this in this country to minimize everything, the severity of it. Uh, sometimes it gets us in trouble. Most time it'll get you in trouble if you don't pay attention. But um, it'll it'll get you in trouble, and we're we're saying okay. I'm looking at this like okay. We we all complained when we went from carburetors to fuel injection. I mean, uh, automotive industry. There's old technicians says ain't no way in the world I'm going to work on one of those. They can't be as dependable as a carburetor, and it turned out. They were about 50 times more dependable than a carburetor. And uh, they were easy to work on, uh, easy to diagnose. And so that changed, and everybody finally got on board with it. 
And, and then you go into electric cars. Honda come out with, if I remember correctly, probably one of, well, actually England come out with the first electric cars in the uh, 1800s, 1890 or something like that. And it, you know, it had plenty of gas. And it was inexpensive, so it didn't go over. It just didn't sell. And but the and the battery technology was not there. Now we've got battery technology. Like I said, it's improving every minute. So electric cars. The reason I do so much research on electric cars is I kind of like them. And, but I like them oh. for a different reason. Uh, one. Uh, I didn't know that much about them, and I thought, wow, this is a good idea. Well, if you do a survey across the country, you'll find out the other people are thinking the same way I did. Wow, this is a good idea. Electric car, no gas, no expensive gas. Man, this is a cat's meow. This is, this is really perfect. And you're, and then I run across that caveat that stops me in my track. If it was so good, why do you have to give me $7,500 to go buy one? And I, I'm a little skeptical on that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in the older generation. And I'm thinking, okay, you're going to give me $7,500. Wow, that's like getting, that is incredible. Well, when you get ready to sell this electric car, the value of that electric car goes down $7,500 immediately because that was money that you didn't put in there. That was money that was given to you to buy this car. And then I look at industry and said, wait a minute, industry is not stupid. They know that you're going to get $7,500 to buy this electric car. Oh, well, we need our share of that. So they jack the price up on them. The, and that that was just, I mean, I'm going, wow. So, no, there's still a few, few questions I have, and there's a lot of articles out there on electric cars and what it takes to uh, run them. And, yeah, you don't have an oil change on them. Uh, but there are a few little things on that car that you do need to change your oil on it. And uh, But the information is coming out. It's coming out pretty pretty regular now because the amount of manufacturers, I think there's 27 or 29, I can't remember exactly, 27 to 29 manufacturers that are making electric cars now. Tesla still holds the record for battery technology as far as how much money you want to pay for a car and they can go up to 625 miles if my memory serves me which is not always that dependable but 625 miles on a single charge with a tesla tesla has their own infrastructure across uh, across the country you go on to the info center on the Tesla, it'll tell you where your fill-up spots are across the country. So you can plan your trip with just sitting in your car looking at the uh, where your fill-up stations are, and but you have to stay with that. I mean, you don't you have to go with where you get the stuff. It was That's just right. like when diesel when diesel fuel first come out for the mid mid mid-range trucks. Uh, same problem. We had to find diesel, but now it's everywhere, so it's not a big issue. All right, we've done burn up the first hour of this thing, Jim, and we didn't even get to the one million mile plus vehicles, but we will on the second hour. And a little, uh, couple of tech tips on here about how you really supposed to charge your battery or jump start a car. And we'll be right back after these messages. So hang in, you're listening to the Simmons Carpenter Show. 